Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope everybody's having a great day as we welcome you into this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi line. Well, I'd say most people are feeling that way unless they are Jets fans alongside NFL ex- former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni and Michael, a 22-16 win for the New York Jets yesterday. It was a remarkable walk-off finish after the Bills tie things on a doinked-in field goal. The Jets end up getting it done, compliments of Xavier Gibson, but it was an uphill battle after four plays into this game their star their savior four-time MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers goes down he has a torn Achilles he is done for the season how does this now impact your view of the Jets moving forward well it's significant because we give so much there's no player in the league if you talk to any handicapper that carried a point spread with him like Aaron Rodgers and even though he wasn't the same MVP last year for Green Bay, people still felt like, you know, the, the Jets were a really good defense and that he was going to be able to give them that quarterback to go along with some of the skill players to get him over the top. And now they lose him. So now they're going to have to play a guy that, that the team, I'm not sure, believes in. And I'm not sure the guy wants to be the player in Zach Wilson. But they're going to have to try to make it work. They're going to have to win games with defense. They're going to have to try to not turn the ball over. They're going to have to rally around this young player and see if they can get it going. The season's not over. It's really going to rely on Robert Sala. But there was so much fanfare. There was Mm. so much conversation about Aaron Rodgers that, you know, it's hard to pivot. And it's going to require a very quick pivot because Dallas doesn't care. Mm. Dallas could care less. The Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills, they don't care. It's on to the next game. Yeah, and you feel terrible for this this fan base. Will Hill, who we had earlier on in the first hour, which, by the way, welcome in our new DraftKings audience. If you missed any of Hour 1 of the program, you can download the Lombardi line in podcast form. But Will Hill called them a tortured fan base, and that's very <laughs> accurate. This is a team, an organization that has been desperate for a franchise-type quarterback that could get them to that next level. I mean, you look at the names that they've had to go through, haven't made the playoffs in more than a decade. This was the year they really felt that they were going to have every 
everything come together and went all in to be able to secure Aaron Rodgers. Now, you mentioned uh, the Zach Wilson of it all. Robert Sala did say yesterday in his postgame press conference that their current plan is to move forward with Zach Wilson. But for anybody who did miss some of that conversation in our opening hour, Michael, uh, do you think that the Jets will go out there and grab a veteran quarterback and grab somebody else, a, a Carson Wentz, a <laughs> you'll love this one. Colin Kaepernick had his agent reach out. He's available. So, but I, yeah, some of the right. some okay. of the names that are out there, um, is it worth pursuing Colin anybody? Did anybody watch play his last year in the league? Did anybody watch him play? Michael, do you remember you when his it? last year in the league was? Twenty sixteen. I was at his last game. He played down in Los Angeles. And, you know, they they came back to beat the Rams that day. Do you remember that game? Uh, unfortunately, and, yes. <laughs> I mean, and that was Chip Kelly's what, last year there, yeah. I think. Yeah. It, you know, the, the Colin Kaepernick saga dates back to a very, very long time. And year after year, he's talking about how in shape he is and how he's ready to go. But I th- let's move on from that. Realistically, yeah, though, please. Michael, are there any of well, those veteran QBs or, or young guys that could step in? Well, you know, this will come from Nathaniel Hackett because Salah's not going to go in there and say, hey, we should sign this guy. It's going to come from somebody that Nathaniel Hackett's had had contact with. Would Blake Bortles come out of retirement? He's coached Blake Bortles before, right? Blake Bortles isn't that old of a player. Now, I know he retired, but Nathaniel Hackett had Blake Bortles almost to the conference championship game in New England. He was a, a seven-cut underthrow from getting there. So would they bring Blake Bortles back? I think a lot of this comes from the coordinator, somebody who knows his offense, who's comfortable within his offense, who knows it quickly. Could Carson Wentz? I don't know. You want Carson Wentz in the same room with Zach Wilson? I don't think so. Not that Carson Wentz is a bad guy. He's a different guy. Okay? I think it's a lot of that. And if you're going to prop up Wilson, you got to get the right supporting cast. Like, let's, let's play this out, Stormy. Say they call Philip Rivers the high school coach down in Alabama. Philip would get killed behind this line. <laughs> he couldn't get out of his own way. I mean, that would be that would be an injustice. That would be like somebody coming to your wedding and saying, "I object." Right? There's no way you could let this happen. So forget Philip Rivers. You know, forget Matt Ryan, the Tom same Brady. thing. I would say Matt Ryan, same the thing. Matt Ryan, same thing. Forget Matt. Like anybody you put in here has got to have some movement. I mean, Wentz makes sense in the sense that he can at least get out of his own way. He's a turnover machine. But, you know, you have to get somebody because I think behind this offensive line, the way it's set up, they're, they're, yeah. they haven't seen their last quarterback injury. They, I mean, they haven't. Yeah, so, you, I mean, you need to get some depth regardless. If you do decide you're going to go with Zach Wilson, you got to bring somebody else in that room behind him. But I think the preference would be, if you're trying to win football games, to go out and give you somebody who could give you a better chance than Zach Wilson does. Another name I saw thrown around was maybe a Jameis Winston. Uh, I've heard Colt McCoy, somebody that could be brought in. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, you bring Colt in. Behind this line, Colt can't stay healthy. You watch Colt this summer. I mean... The great guy, going to be the probably our state senator from the state of Texas, no doubt, no way, right? How do you bring him in? Jameis Winston's a turnover machine. He's never played in this offense before, and why would you think that New Orleans is just going to let him walk out? He he had a chance to be a free agent this year, and he chose to sign to be a backup in New Orleans. I'm sure the Jets are going to make some phone calls, but. You know, I, I don't see that. I, and I don't think the Ravens would, would give up Tyler Huntley either. That was the first name that came to my mind because you need somebody that can run. Right. I, I think they'll call Blake Bortles. Yeah. 
Okay, we'll keep that in the back pocket. Blake Bortles, keep that name in mind. Um, the Jets now, you, you mentioned the Cowboys, they got to turn their attention now to Dallas, where they go from being a three-point underdog to now an eight-and-a-half-point dog, total 42. The Bills, meanwhile, who really struggled four turnovers for their quarterback, Josh Allen, they go from a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, hosting the Raiders next week to eight-and-a-half, total 47-and-a-half. Any early thoughts there? You know, I, I was surprised it's eight and a half. I was surprised it was nine and a half with the Raiders, considering the Raiders that play well. I'm surprised the numbers moving towards the Raiders because uh, when you look at it, when you look at it, the the Raiders, you know, have played pretty well. I mean, they didn't play perfectly, but they played pretty well. And Garoppolo gives them some life. Now they're training in West Virginia, so they're staying on the East Coast time. They're there now. They're going to fly up there. Everybody just assumes Buffalo's going to walk in the park and beat them. I think eight and a half is pretty heavy. I, I'm not surprised it's coming down. I think it'll. I think it'll close at seven, seven and a half. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people are probably going to just presume that's a bounce back spot for Buffalo. Uh, I could see that being a very, very popular contest play for Survivor, given the options that there are available for Week Two. But we'll keep an eye on that line certainly. Uh, another thing we need to keep an eye on are some of these injuries for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Michael. Of course, we know Steelers got rocked opening weekend against the 49ers, 30 to seven that final, and goes from bad to worse. Defensive tackle Cam Hayward gets injured in the game. It's a He's reportedly going to undergo surgery, will miss up to eight weeks. And this is a guy who's had back-to-back 10-sack seasons, super important to the core of that defense. Yeah, I mean, look, that that's a hard one. Johnson, Hay- Hayward, they got a bunch yeah, of injuries Johnson there. Johnson sidelined aff- for a few weeks. Yeah, they can't afford – I mean, this hurts them. I mean, this really – this hurt, and Hayward's their, kind of their glue defensively. Now, Cincinnati's not prone to run the football – but I think Hayward really, I mean, this one hurts them. And they've got other injuries on their team. Fryermuth is hurt as well, mm. whether he can come back and play. This will be, be a true challenge for Pittsburgh to get a Cleveland team who did lose their starting right tackle. But, you know, Cleveland's got some depth in the offensive line. There's no question about that. Uh, and they're able to offset that. And they've got, you know, the way they ran the football, Nick Chubb proved to me on Sunday he's the best back in the league. You know, maybe Josh Jacobs when he gets back. But I felt like DeWan Jones, the kid they picked in the fourth round, fit right in at right tackle. He played well. And they've got good skill players. This will be a tough game for Pittsburgh, especially wounded. Now, I don't count Pittsburgh out. I really don't because Pittsburgh has the Browns' numbers. It's really hard for the Browns to go down there and win. But to me, this is a team that is on the rise, Cleveland. They're playing well. They played well. And I think they're going to keep playing well offensively and defensively. The thing for the Steelers, too, they can't, they cannot get into a 40 pass game like they did against San Francisco. They just can't, that's not Pickett. Like, Pickett's not going to carry the team. Pickett can run the team. There's a difference, right? Mahomes can carry a team. You know, what we're seeing with Josh Allen lately is he can run the team, but he's trying to carry it, right? The, Burrow can run the team. He can't really carry it, especially when he doesn't have enough time to it. But to me, that's what you have to do. you got to find a guy that will run the team. And I think that ultimately, if Pickett doesn't have a running game with him, it really puts the burden on him and it makes it very challenging. It does. And I do think, though, especially based on this line, despite the Steelers missing Deontay Johnson on offense, that people expect that offense to get 
figured out a little bit better here in the spot because the line is only two. Browns are a two-point favorite there in Pittsburgh, total 40 and a half. And I, I know the, it's obviously a tough place to play, but the 49ers still did that damage out there in Pittsburgh. But you look at that number and you just get the feeling that people expect a, a much better performance from that Mike Tomlin group and that he'll have them motivated in the right way. Yeah, I mean, look, don't count them out. They, they, they love the backs against the wall mentality. They love it, and they're good at it. Look, this is what they're built for. They're built for toughness. And if you're the Browns, you're going to go down there. You're getting their best punch, and you better make sure that you stop that run. You stop Harris. You stop Warren, because if you don't, it's going to be a problem. No question. Again, total in the game, 40 and a half. And Mike Tomlin, just some closing comments on Cam Hayward's injury, said losing him is significant. Replacing Cam is not a one-man job. It's a multiple-man's job and a coach's job. So putting a lot of that on his shoulders as well as they get set to face Cleveland, uh, a tough task as they had a really, really solid opening weekend against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. We're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line, but Michael, when we come back, it's time for a storm warning. We got some contenders that, wait, could they be pretenders? We're going to take a look when we return. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best ever by becoming a VSEN Pro subscriber. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSEN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for each and every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up for a VEASAN annual subscription, and you'll also get a free copy of our own Michael Lombardi's new book, Football Done Right. All you got to do is use the promo code Lombardi when you sign up. And if you would like an autographed copy of Michael's book, just email us. 
Subscribe at vcin.com is the account. This is a limited time offer, so sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Great stuff as always as we welcome you back into the Lombardi line on vcin, the sports betting network and DraftKings network. It is time, Michael, for what producer Steph and I are calling a storm warning. There Uh are some teams in the NFL and college football that are supposed to be contenders, supposed to be teams that could really make a push this year and potentially find themselves in a spot for a Super Bowl that I have some questions about. And I'm curious to see if if you agree that these teams could already, and again, limited sample size, it's only week one, uh, week two in the books for, for the NFL and college football. But if you agree that maybe some of these contenders could be at risk, we're going to start, J- Jets and Bills are too obvious after Monday Night Football, so we're just going to move right. ahead. <laughs> How about the Chargers? Because that defense, I, I, I know that you tried to call Brandon Staley my guy earlier, and we're just going to move on past yeah, that because he is not yeah. my guy. That defense was struggling against Miami right out the gate, despite having all their stars on the field, despite adding Eric Hendricks. Paper thin allowed historic performances to Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill. I, I, I'm putting the storm warning out. I think this is a contender that's looking like a pretender early. I think they're a pretender too. I thought they, I thought they always were a pretender. I mean, the last six quarters of defense, they they forced one punt. I mean, you know, and against Jacksonville, against Miami. I mean, you watch the game and you're wondering, like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Yet somehow, Michael, their odds got shorter. Like, <laughs> you look in the AFC West from plus two ninety to plus two forty to win the AFC well, down from are, twelve to eleven to one. That- they're darlings of the analytical community. They really are. And I bet you people bet them. I bet everybody's going to load up. What's the line on Tennessee right now? Hold on. I, I mean, what's the line on that game right now? Tennessee, they're three-point favorite in Tennessee. You think that moves to three and a half? I mean, I doubt they want to move it to three. It's three, and a, it's three plus, plus minus 115. So it wants to get to three and a half. They just want you to pay a price for it, right? Yep. Three's that key number. Some we shops know. it's three one eighteen. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's probably going to move in that direction as as the week goes on because so many people have belief in in the offense, but the defense is where I I see significant issues here. We talked earlier in the program about J.C. Jackson uh, struggled to keep pace, had that inexcusable P.I. penalty uh, in the final seconds of the first half, which led to Miami having to go ahead field goal in that position. The pass rush did not look any better. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, I, I, I mean, yeah, where, where are you at? No pressure on Tua. It was just nobody talks about that. That end of the half one, Stormy. That one was the all-timer. Like, how are you going to give them three points on that? There's no, there's no way they should get three points on that. There's no way they should get three points, and yet they did. Yep. I mean, think about it. The, 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 the Chargers kick a field goal with 14 seconds to tie the game at the half. 17-17. Okay? 14 seconds there was on that clock. They kicked the field goal. And my team, your team, my man, Brendan Staley, who I'm reminded on Twitter is the greatest coach since George <laughs> Hallis, Vince Lombardi, you know, Paul Brown, everybody I wrote about in my book, he's better. Now, they get the ball with nine seconds. Miami gets the ball with nine seconds on their own 25, okay? And they run a play-action pass. Al Davis would say, who are you fooling running a play-action pass on that down, right? Mm-hmm. They actually fake the handoff, and they complete a pass, and now they basically got the ball up to what? The 45-yard line? Okay? They got the ball. Up. There's two seconds left to go in the game. 
two seconds left to go. The ball's at the 47. And they rush four guys, and two guys stand there at the end of the line. And J.C. Jackson just mugs the receiver. And everybody threw a flag. Everybody threw a flag. That that's that's a fireball. That's 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 malpractice right there. That's why I said inexcusable, inexcusable. Um, okay, I've got another storm warning out. Go ahead for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know, I know, I know. We don't want to overreact to Week One. <laughs> Last year, the Bengals started slow. The year before, they started slow. Last year, Joe Burrow throws three interceptions, but eighty-two yards, Michael, to only put up three points as an offense in this spot. I. I know that I don't want to take too much out of week one, but I still think with as competitive as the AFC is going to be this year, that you can't afford a slow start that's going to last very long. And I think the Bengals might be in for that, given the lack of production that we were able to get out of Joe Burrow in the preseason due to that calf. I think they missed Perrine too, Stormy. I don't disagree with you on this one. I think they missed Sammy Perrine in his nickel role, right? And I think their offense, they're in 11 all the time. There's no versatility to it, and they have no versatility within their offense. It's one thing to be an 11 team all the time. It's another thing to have, you know, a different look out of 11 and be able to run the ball. They haven't really – they ran the ball effectively early in the game. They got away from it. I, I'm a little bit with you. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to overcome. Now, look, I think Burrow's great. You know, T, the weather was a factor. I, I, I'm kind of stepping back because of the weather. The weather was mm. a huge factor. Yeah, it was misty. Joe Burrow couldn't really do anything mobility-wise. He put the gloves on. They have, in the AFC North, gone from plus 140 to plus 245. In the AFC, those odds extended plus 550 to plus 750. And the Super Bowl odds as well, from 11 to 1 now to 14 to 1. How about the Seattle Seahawks? Because... This is, uh, I mean, obviously I told you they were my favorite bet last week. I had a lot of confidence in them coming in, although you're right, you know, division games are tricky. The Sean McVay, Matt Stafford of it all. But for Geno Smith to only lead that offense to 12 yards in the second half is remarkably bad. And how many people this offseason did we hear say, wow, Seattle could really close the gap on San Francisco in the NFC West? It looked like uh, David and Goliath between the 49ers and Seattle this weekend. Well, when you lose your two starting tackles in the game, that's not easy, right? That's a hard thing to overcome. And then you also, as we talked about on the show, we have Raheem Morris kind of knows Shane Waldron. I mean, he kind of has some failed. He's played him well last year without Aaron Donald. You know, in a game where the Rams had a, had nothing to play for and Seattle had everything to play for. So I, I, I'm going to say let's not talk. I'm dismissing that game. Seattle's okay. injuries are more concerning for me than – the way they played against the Rams. Geno's got to play better. He needs his tackles. They're going to sign Jason Peters today. Can you imagine this? They're going to bring back Jason Peters at 41 years old. That's how desperate they are to get a tackle in there. So this doesn't bode well when you're going against Hutchinson and the boys up in Detroit in the Dome with crowd noise. That's always going to be an issue. But they could, they're still talented offensively. They got to get that line fixed and they got to play better defensively. Five and a half. And that's going to be really the key. Yeah, five and a half, six point dog against the Lions coming up. We've seen their odds elongate in every category significantly since the loss, though, in week one from plus 230 to plus 650 in the NFC West, 14 to 1 to 28 to 1 in the NFC. Let's go to college football here, Michael, because there are, you know, similar to what I mentioned off the top with the NFL and the Bills and Jets, there are some obvious ones that have lost. There's LSU, Alabama, Clemson, but I'm actually going to go to a team that's 2-0 and so far this season in Ohio State because 
Uh, Michigan and Penn State, they both really appear to be on target. But from what I've seen from the Buckeyes, they seem off. Uh, more like they're yeah. trying to find their footing than a Big Ten winner, national championship contender. What do you think about what you've seen from from this crew so far through two games? I'm a little concerned with you. You know, I want to see how it all going to play against better competition. I, I'm intrigued by Penn State. Now, look, I know they played Delaware last week. I get that. But to me, Drew Aller's really good. Mm -hmm. And Penn State's really good. And look, we all have our questions whether they're going to be coached really good. That's, that's going to be an issue. But I, I do. I'm, I'm not sold that Ohio State's there yet. We got, I think we need more, to quote Femi, we need more information. <laughs> we need more film. Yeah, you and know, we need a little bit more look. And for people who are just, you know, scoreboard watching and you think 2-0, and a pair of 20-plus wins for Ohio State, I probably think I'm crazy. But you look at Game 1 versus Indiana, that score was not they indicative struggled. of how much they struggled. Yeah, they exactly. Struggled. Kyle McCord um, was under pressure. He was out of sync on most of those throws. We didn't see anything from Marvin Harrison Jr., just 18 yards. And then, yes, the offense did wake up in Game 2, but that was against... Youngstown State in a game that they were, what, 45-point favorites. They only win 35-7. to Their offensive line was inconsistent. Their penalties were crazy. Like, that's probably the biggest concern for me moving forward, for them to have success in the Big Ten and to contend for a national championship is the offensive line and penalty issues got to be cleaned up. Um, they have one more yeah. tune-up this week against Western Kentucky before they have that nationally televised primetime game against Notre Dame. So, uh I, I'm not sure what we're going to get in that one. And I, I like Notre Dame where things sit right now. We I, I like I like my man. I like Sam, Sam for the Heisman. Sam Hartman. Sammy H. I Let's love go. it. Yep. <laughs> we're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line, but we'll keep the college football talk rolling when we return. Aaron Moore, VEASAN's own, uh, is going to join us here in just a little bit. Does he think Texas is back? That Alabama win, certainly a statement. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games ahead. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks on football and you get $200 back instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code VEGAS to sign up. New customers, again, just bet $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S. The crown is yours. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantonis. We welcome you back to the Lombardi line on DraftKings Network and VEASAN, the sports betting network. We now continue some of our college football talk with VEASAN.com writer Aaron Moore, who joins us now, the professor himself at Pub Relation Prof on X. And uh, let's get started. The obvious question after last week, is Texas back? Uh, a remarkable win there for Texas in Tuscaloosa. Quinn Ewers, the first quarterback to do that since Joe Burrow. Are they really back? Stormy, I think they're back in the sense that now if they beat Alabama, they're in the conversation. I don't think you can say they're back all the way. We still have eight, nine weeks to go. But they are certainly a focal point, and what they did to Alabama makes them legitimate. So I don't want to say is Texas back, but Texas is legitimate. Now moving forward, they're in that conversation. You have to mention them with Ohio State in Michigan and obviously with Georgia. So they're in the conversation rightfully. Back, I think we got to wait till about five or six more weeks before we say that. 
Are you going to put Notre Dame in? Now, look, I'm not a Notre Dame or Homer. I got to be honest. I mean, barbershop Mike, my dad. Every time he goes to church, he puts two dollars. <laughs> he thinks he's giving it to the to the Catholic. He thinks he's giving it to the football program. So I'm not that guy. But do you think Notre Dame is back? Do I think in the back conversation? Yeah, in the conversation, I do. And I think Sam Hartman really has made them a legitimate team. But as you're saying, Michael, there's always going to be this overinflation of Notre Dame. And we've seen that for many, many decades. They're always going to be focused in the media. There's always going to be talk about Notre Dame. And I think they get inflated a little bit. And then we've seen if they get to the playoffs, if they get against these SEC teams, they're certainly not there. So I don't think they're a national championship team, but are they close to a playoff team right now with four teams? Absolutely. And then moving forward as the playoffs expand, I think you're going to see Notre Dame as a playoff team moving forward continually. 22 to 1 in the national championship odds. And real quickly, just to go back to Texas briefly, we saw them after this past weekend rise six spots in the national rankings. They are the odds on favorite now to win the Big 12 and third, tied for third with Florida State on the odds board to win a national title themselves, 10 to 1 behind only Georgia and Michigan. Uh, being in the conversation is great, but are the people that are making those wagers on Texas, do you think that they're in a good position for this team to find themselves in a college football playoff and potentially a national championship down the line this year? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Stormy, after that Alabama game, we now have to look at their schedule. And it's not just the idea of temp, uh, excuse me, Texas doing well. It's can they do well. And you look at their schedule, and it's a very manageable schedule. At Baylor should be able to do well with that. The Oklahoma game, that's obviously always the shootout can go either way, but Texas certainly looks to be the better team of, of those two. And then you have a Kansas State team, and I think it's interesting. We're talking about Texas. We're talking about their last year in the Big 12, but once again, Kansas State is overlooked. So that game on November 4th against Kansas State, that really is going to be a major game for the Texas season. And then maybe in November 4th, we can talk about if Texas is back after that K-State game. I also do want to jump in real quickly on one more thing there because they face Wyoming this weekend. And what's the spread here? 29 and a half. Do you think this could be that both let down and look ahead a little bit potentially against Wyoming? Like, would there be a good number to buy in on to take the plus points in this spot, knowing that, hey, you're just coming off this massive win over Alabama and you have a rival in Baylor coming up? I would want to say that other than if we're talking about Texas being in the conversation, and I think the, the 14 playoff and all the media coverage and everything we're talking about, it's almost like we're going back to the future, so to speak. The major teams have to make statement wins. They have to win big. They have to put on these really explosive performances to get that media traction, to get that attention. So looking at that game, Texas needs to win by more than 30 points because that's going to give them that conversation just like you started off, Stormy. Yeah. Is Texas back? If they don't win by 30 points, then we're going to say, oh, well, there's the letdown from the Alabama game. Texas isn't back yet. You know, the Demon Deacons uh, 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 of James Madison, big win. They beat Virginia. And now you got their, their, their two-point dogs to Troy. And you're going to go with Troy? I'm taking Troy in this game because, Michael, last year JMU was one of the big stories. And you look in the Sun Belt here, Troy always that good defensive team. And James Madison, after that massive win against Virginia, this is not Virginia from 20-some years ago where they were the number one team, but still for James Madison, this is a fantastic win. 
these two teams did not play last year. Now you're going to play Troy after that win for James Madison. So I do like Troy in this case, giving uh, the two and two and a half. How about I see you also have a play on this San Jose State Toledo game. Um, It's been kind of a, a slow start for both of these squads. What are you interested in here? So you look at it, Toledo can score. I think that's one of the main things we want to see with that Toledo team. And if we're looking at them from scoring standpoint, they came off a very easy game against Texas Southern. So I like them going against San Jose State, San Jose State in this situation, the eight points. And eight points is one of those numbers we fear. But, but I do like Toledo to get this at least a double-digit victory. Okay, so I'm told reliably that they have the money to buy out Bobby Petrino, to buy out the great Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M <laughs> after that game. Uh, you know, and look, we all know down there that they have the money to do it. It'd be expensive, but it sounds like they're going to do it. You know, and the way they they did move the football, they moved the football better with Petrino, but now they can't play defense, so they get Louisiana Monroe in. And you think both teams will hit the over at 53? So the 53 there, Michael, what you have to look at in these lopsided games, Texas A&M can get a 40-plus. They can score 40-plus points. Not concerned about that. We saw what they can do on offense last week. And when you look at the other team, what I like to say is how much can they contribute? In Louisiana, Monroe, certainly not a strong team, but they can get that 10, 11, 13 points. That's what I'm looking at for Louisiana, Monroe to make their contribution here for that over. Because as you said, Michael, the Texas A&M offense, there's a lot of problems in College Station. The offense isn't one of them. Let's yeah. let's turn our attention uh, from the SEC to the Pac-12 because, boy, is this conference trying to go out with yeah. a bang here with some of the talent they have, especially at the quarterback position at the top half of this league. Um, is there a spot, like, obviously Caleb Williams has been tremendous here to start with USC, but they're about to get to some of those tougher, more competitive games. Colorado will be here soon, which will be interesting. Oregon, Washington down the line. Um, is this conference theirs to lose, or who do you think is going to give them the best run in the Pac-12? So is it theirs? It's their conference after what they did last year. They have the returning Heisman Trophy winner. I think if we look at the Pac-12 as what we know it now, You've got one of the few conferences in all the country, five, six, maybe even seven teams go all the way down to UCLA, Washington State. They can contend with it. So USC is there because of last year. USC is what Caleb Williams has gotten them to this level. But now this is five, six, seven team deep conference. It's amazing. So we can look at the depth of it. But then from there, all of a sudden it goes away. So it's we're looking at this. It's like a beautiful flower that's about to break up as the wind gets to it and what a conference it is this year so by no means is the the 190 to plus 190 for usc to win it i think you got to go a little bit deeper and if you start looking at it look at oregon state 12 to 1 that is a great number right there in a conference with all these contenders you got to believe certain teams are going to beat each other up so if you look at the pac-12 i think you want to look at that futures board more in the middle to see where those teams are and hope there's a lot of carnage along the way yeah, I mean, look, Washington State, everybody thought that, that Wisconsin was just going to go in there and give them a whooping, and Cameron Ward's really good. I mean, old, I mean, Mississippi State had to go to overtime to beat Arizona, and Arizona had every opportunity to win the game in overtime, and they just couldn't convert it, and they were going to go for two anyway. So I'm with you. I think this, I think this Pac-12 is deeper than people think it is because of the quarterback play. 
and Michael, you might be able to say right now it's the deepest conference in college football. Doesn't mean the national champion is coming out of there, but to look at it for a 12-week season or so, this is probably the deepest conference in college football. Aaron, awesome stuff. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Aaron. Yep, and, and Stormy, we didn't even talk about we didn't talk about how great Colorado <laughs> is and how good their offense looked, and they got Colorado State, which seems like a trap. We'll get them going to Oregon in two weeks, but I, I think Colorado Colorado knows this is a trap game. Yeah. I think they'll play well. You, you look down. We talk about the quarterbacks, but truly. Caleb Williams, USC, Michael Penix Jr., Washington, Bo Nix, Oregon, Cam Rising when healthy at Utah, DJ Uyunglele at Oregon State, Shador Sanders at Colorado, who's proven to be phenomenal. You just talked about Washington State. Delora. Yeah, just keep on going down the line with what the Pac-12 has to offer. And yet, you know, let's just disband. Let's just go everywhere else. Let's, yeah. I hate everything. (laughs) We're going to take a break here on the Lombardi line. We are wrapping things up when we return. Thanks for joining us. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, back to the NFL next. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And that's exactly what we are going to do here as we round out today's Tuesday edition of the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. But I-, I wanted to look at some of these splits, Michael, and there are a number of very lopsided games here already early in the week as we get set for game two, starting with a couple of teams that are looking to bounce back from opening week losses. The Kansas City Chiefs, a three-point favorite at the Jags this week, 92% of the early handle and 79% of bets are on Kansas City. 
to get back in and cover the spread? Well, I think it's hard to, you know, look, Andy Reid coming off a bye. Good. So he's got 10 days to prepare. The other thing I think it helps Andy Reid in this case, if he knows he's not going to have Kelsey, like he didn't know he wasn't going to have Kelsey until 24 hours, 48 hours before the game. It's hard to rearrange things and change your offense that quickly and kind of get the rhythm and the sense of it all. So, but I, I don't know how Kelsey could play. I, I really don't. I mean, they talked about he could come back, but, you know, when you go through it, he had swelling. You know, it, it's a challenge to do all those things. If he doesn't play, you know, they're going to rely on these receivers, and I'm sure they're going to play better than they did. But they didn't look very fast, and I think Jacksonville is going to give them some trouble offensively. Jacksonville's offense is really good. They got into rhythm in that fourth quarter. Really, they took the game over. Ridley was sensational. You know, we know ATN is really good. They they mix up Bixby and ATN to give keep him fresh for the fourth quarter. And, you know, to go along with Kirk and Zay Jones. So this is a good team. Now, they got to make sure they're good up front, too, because Brandon Sheriff, he missed, I think he missed the game and came back in or maybe didn't come back in. So the injury report, to me, is going to determine a lot of this game, whether I think it's a a game worthwhile to mm-hmm. consider or one you just move off to the side. Yeah, and we'll get some of the early injury report information tomorrow afternoon, so hopefully we can get ahead of some of that stuff. But to your point about the Jags, like Calvin Ridley, how fun was it to see him back on the field feeling himself a 100-yard day? I did want to see, you mentioned Tank Bigsby. I wanted to see a little bit more out of him. Didn't really do much in support of our guy ETN in the run game, but Travis Etienne, 77 yards. Uh, I really like the potential for that offense to keep clicking here for the year two of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence combo. But yeah, again, 92% of the handle back in Kansas City to get back in the win column and cover that three. Also, we see 93% of handle, 74% of bets back in the New York football Giants as a four, now five-point favorite in Arizona taken on the Cardinals despite getting lit up 40 to nothing against Dallas on Sunday night football. What do you think of that number? Well, I think this number is a reflection of a couple things. Nobody respects Arizona. Okay, that's fair. Everybody thinks the Giants will bounce back. That's fair. And everybody believes the Giants beat up on bad teams. That's fair as well. So, you know, I think that's why everybody wants to play this. Everybody sees it. And I think the, the, the Giants have to really kind of have a meeting with themselves. One thing we learn about week one is sometimes the opponent is yourself. New England could say that easily. You watch that New England tape. And, you know, the Eagles won the game. New England had very many chances to win the game, but they couldn't make the play. Not because Philly stopped it. New England stopped themselves. It's the same thing with the Giants. They stopped themselves because they tried to play outside their their element. You know, they try to do things they're not good at doing. They have to go back to being who they were last year. So, And that's usually playing in tight games. I mean, remember, this Giant team is not overly talented. I know they've had this publicity but they're a draft away from being good enough. And if Evan Neal doesn't play better at right tackle, they'll be going through quarterbacks too. And it's still shocking to me that Daniel Jones has the contract that he does, but neither here nor there. Uh, a team, though, that did win opening weekend, 
but it's not getting a whole lot of respect is the Los Angeles Rams because they have to deal with the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco coming off a dominant win of their own 30-7 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers to open the season. Despite a lot of people thinking that game might be close, it was not. San Francisco is an eight-point favorite in this game in L.A. We know we're going to see a whole lot of red in the stadium. There's going to be so much. It's a 49er home game, let's be clear. And I think the number reflects that, right? Yeah, I think the number reflects it, too. So, look, the one thing we do know, too, is we know the 49ers play the Rams really well. They play them really well. And Stafford didn't get a lot of pressure last week. He was able to throw the ball comfortably. That's not going to be the case this week. He's going to have to make some tight throws, and that offensive line will be challenged. I think McVay did one of the best coaching jobs of the year last week in terms of getting his team ready having them adjusted out, because to hold Seattle to one first down in the second half and basically have 10, 12 plays is somewhat remarkable, considering the fact that, you know, that that they don't have, other than Aaron Donald, you can't name a starter on defense. So this will be a little bit of a difference because the Rams are not an overly physical team and the 49ers are. Yeah, Uh, 81% of the handle 68, 69% of the bets on San Francisco. And you talk about the head-to-head. The Rams are 1-8 their last nine straight up against the San Francisco 49ers, the lone win in that NFC Championship game uh, that sent them to the Super Bowl that they eventually won. Let's go to the Browns and Steelers. 74% of the handle, 77% of bets believers that Cleveland is going to cover that two-point spread. Yeah, it's funny. The line the line opened up the Steelers and then it flipped, right? Mm-hmm. And so and I don't know why it flipped. I really don't because look, week 1 was bad and now the injury factor is why it probably flipped because Pittsburgh obviously is hurt. So I think the line may be right. I I see this by Sunday coming down to a pick'em because I know Pittsburgh's hurt, but it it's still they have a way of playing Cleveland. They know how to play them and I don't want to bet against Mike Tomlin with his backs to the wall. Mm. I really don't. I really don't want to bet them in that case. And I really think, to me, when you look at this, when you look at this, I, I just think it's hard for Cleveland to go in there and win. This is going to tell us a lot about Cleveland: their mental toughness and their physical toughness in this game, because this is the one you really want. This is the one you want to measure your team on. I think it's one of the things you liked about what the Raiders did. You measure your team by winning on the road, and how do you handle adversity? down six points in the fourth quarter, hold them to a, you know, get a three and out, get the ball back, don't get them back. That shows you've got mental toughness as a team. I think this will be a great game for Cleveland to show us that. Yeah, and that, that Cleveland defense certainly looked legit uh, in their opener against Cincinnati, but we'll see if they can continue that against the Steelers, who are certainly motivated to get back on track offensively. And Mike Tomlin, to your point, a master motivator. We've just got a couple minutes left here, Michael, and so I want to make sure we get to our pro tip of the show. We do these every single show here at VSIN every day on the Lombardi line. But t- today we were talking about, as you're looking ahead to these week two spreads and betting options for the NFL. Just don't assume a team can't go 0-2. And and this thought process came up when we were talking about the Bills and how they performed here on week one and everybody wanting to back them, you're sure, this week. Right, because, you know, everybody just, oh, they're going to bounce back. You know, uh, everybody just assumes a good team will bounce back. Well, sometimes it takes 
three games. Sometimes it takes a little bit more than that. You know, Denver's going to bounce back against Washington. Washington barely beat Arizona. Denver lost. They're going to bounce back. They've got Sean Payton. Well, they're going to have to play good. That's going to be a better. That's a better defense. Washington has than the Raiders had. And if they throw in checkdowns like they did against the Raiders and they don't have Jerry Judy, I would caution you to be careful there. Everybody's jumping all over Denver now, but are they really going to be good enough to defeat this Washington defense, which is good? You know, so I think you have to be really careful about that. The Chargers, we love the Chargers. They're going to bounce back this week against a bad Tennessee team. Well, Tennessee's not bad. Ryan Tannehill played poorly. They couldn't move the ball in the red area. A lot of our problems in betting comes down to really understanding why a team won and why a team lost. And if you don't really dig into the game last week to understand what happened, it's not going to help your handicap in this week. And I think that's too, Michael, what can be so tricky about week one is because we we don't want to overreact to things. So we think, oh, hey, this team really can't be as bad as they showed. They're definitely going to bounce back this week. But, yeah. you know, you have to temper that thought process a little bit too. It's definitely a feeling out here in these early couple of weeks of the year. Great stuff as always, Michael. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Stormy. We'll talk tomorrow. Hopefully no injuries will happen between now and then. <laughs> I know. We shall We shall see. Hopefully not my injury either, you know? Like, yeah, don't need that meniscus healthy. to yeah. flare don't, up. <laughs> yeah. D- don't don't move that ankle too much like like our man did last night. Don't do that. I told you I'm getting up there. I I, I should. I hope I'm not contemplating retirement after all of this. Uh, great. Well, they used to call the Achilles the old man the old man injury, you know? 33 is not old, though, for, for Marino. Nor is 30. Not ideal. We got Aaron Rodgers with the Achilles tear, his season over. J.K. Dobbins with the Achilles tear, his season over. That's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. Come join us tomorrow, same time, same place. Thanks to our producer, Stephanie Kamershack, and everybody behind the scenes. Keep it locked right here on VSIN. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.